You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family. Welcome back to the podcast. Very thankful that you tuned in. So we're going to continue on with our apologetics series, number one, because I'm loving it. Uh, Number two, because uh, we've heard some good feedback from church members, and I'm thankful to get that. So today's episode of the podcast will pick up where we left off uh, yesterday. Yesterday we were talking about the resurrection of Jesus. Was Jesus raised from the dead? Could Jesus be raised from the dead? Is it reasonable for Christian people to believe that Jesus was raised from the dead? And that leads us nicely into today's topic. So uh, Corey Jenkins and Jeremy Stroh are my conversation partners today. Uh, In fact, you guys are really carrying the conversation. I just get to kind of host today because y'all are the ones that are deeper uh, in your knowledge base on this. And thanks a ton for sharing. So Corey, where are we going today? What are we talking about? Uh, yeah, so we're we're talking about miracles, and you know, you brought up yesterday, we wrapped up talking about the miracle of resurrection. Uh, to start off, I would like to point out the fact that um, if we can argue for the resurrection for that miracle, you know, talking about the miracles of healing that we see in Scripture, Jonah being swallowed by a whale in Scripture, or a big fish, um, that is child's play. Like once we prove and once we argue for the miracle of the resurrection, uh, it, for example, kind of be like you know, um, I was telling you guys I was reading on cross examine, um, good source for projects that nobody has ever seen videos of LeBron James dunking on a five foot goal. So if, if I got a podcast listener that doesn't know who LeBron James is, I mean, who's LeBron James? He's the man. So LeBron James, yeah. basketball superstar, right? Yeah. He's a beast. All right, so nobody's seen LeBron dunk yeah. on a five-foot no, goal. There's no videos going out seeing him dunk on a children's goal. He probably but, could when he was two. But, but we've all seen him on TV dunk on 10-foot goals with ease. Impressively. So it's kind of this assumption that if he can dunk on a 10-foot goal with ease, surely... Sure. Without us seeing videos and any evidence, he can dunk on a five-foot goal. But it's that kind of thing that if we can argue and prove the resurrection, the rest of the miracles in Scripture is child play to God. So you know, so Jesus is healing people. He's casting out demons. He's you know, he's raising the dead. He's healing the sick. He's doing lots and lots of miracles. And you know, Corey, you're kicking us off with the sort of wake-up call that hey, if the resurrection was legitimate, if we can have reason to believe the resurrection, then these other healing miracles and many, many, many other of the miracles in the Bible, you know, they're smaller than that. They should be believable. But we're going to engage the topic well, and I appreciate you guys bringing it and kicking it off. So let's talk about miracles. Uh, Stroh, let's talk about why people don't believe in miracles. So I mean, obviously, got tons of friends in the community that we love with all our heart. And we want them to embrace what God is doing, uh, what God's done through the Bible. But miracles are kind of hard for them to swallow. And what do we do about that? Yeah, man. So typically when I hear, man, I just can't believe in, in miracles. I don't think I like the Bible, good teaching, neat things to learn there. But some of it is just, I think, fiction. And the reason I think it's fiction is because of miracles. Usually the problem they have is, one, they say, hey, look, back then maybe you could believe in a miracle. And so... Because they were an ancient culture who were kind of superstitious, you could pull off convincing some folks of miracles. But that stuff, it can never work now. And, and when I hear people say that, it's almost as if we think, 
that number one, because of the the rise of the scientific age, right? You know, everything they thought was miraculous. Now we we seem to know that it all has scientific explanations, and so it just wasn't. It was just because they didn't know, or they weren't smart, or they were superstitious, or they were easily fooled. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes what I hear leans towards arrogance. It's almost as sure. if we think, you know, it's almost as if we think those folks weren't intelligent enough to discern between something that was really unusual but real, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I don't know. I, just, I think that's an arrogance that we got to be careful about because we, we need to remember that, like, listen, we, we do have a lot of advancements in our culture. Uh, but man, our forefathers were every bit as intelligent as we are, and so I, I just think that's important for us not to bring that, um, you know, kind of chronological snobbery is what I've heard some people yeah. call that. Yeah, and and the trouble with that chronological snobbery, just like you said, one, it makes us feel like we're arrogant, we're smart, we've got to figure it out. But two, it's just not true. Right. If you look back at the time, um, the first thing Mary thought when she gets to an empty tomb was not Jesus is alive. Right. Yeah. No. She said. Oh my gosh, where's the body? She went outside. Apparently there was someone who looked like a gardener there. And she said, tell me where they've taken him Yep. and I'll go get him. Meaning she thought someone had stolen the body. Not that he was resurrected. Right. right? And why was she looking for a natural explanation instead of a supernatural one? Because she didn't believe in silly supernatural things like the resurrection. Right. I mean, so the ancients were, you said this before we were recording this podcast, you know, uh, Jesus does miracles in certain villages and it says that people were amazed yeah and, and I thought you said it really well these are your words not mine I'm, I know they're coming out of my mouth right now but I want to give you credit for it <laughs> um, you know, because people were amazed because they knew they knew that miracles were not everyday routine life this is not what they were normally so it, it's really not as if ancient people mm-hmm. were looking for miracles in every action or on every day they were blown away by miracles they were every bit as impressed as we are or would be by miracles, we would say. Yeah, the crowds and the disciples, they weren't suckers. Uh, and so when Jesus stands up in a boat in the middle of a storm that they, like the disciples think is going to capsize the boat, and then he says, be still, their response in the text wasn't, whoo, yeah, there we go. Their response was, what could this possibly mean? Right. Who is this guy that the wind and the waves of aim? That doesn't happen. Right. Storms don't stop just because someone says, be still. Right. They, they had natural laws. Not all of them, but many of them figured out without the science that we used to back them up. They weren't suckers. Good word. All right, so one of the reasons that people have a difficult time believing the miracles that are recorded in the Bible is they just kind of write it off and they say that the ancient people were superstitious. They, they weren't as uh, intelligent or advanced or discerning as moderns. And so what they thought was a miracle is would be easily explainable by some other means. And we're, we're just writing that off. We're dismissing that to say that's, that doesn't match the evidence that, we, that mm-hmm. we think we have from the ancient world. Okay, great. Yeah. So what's the other big reason that people have a difficult time accepting miracles? Yeah, so the, uh, the argument is that because we have discovered natural laws in the world, right? Natural laws by definition, um, they would say that nature... Um, always works according to these natural laws and nature doesn't break the natural laws therefore miracles are impossible because you have a natural law which means this is what nature always does people Uh, when people die they they stay dead stay dead yep when people are sick they get better or not based on medicines or immune systems or whatever but they're not healed 
instantly by the words of the A couple of fish, a couple of loaves of bread that can feed a family maybe, but it can't feed thousands. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that's tracking. the way the natural world works. Um, we know how gravity works. We know how this stuff works. And so those are the laws. You can't break the law. If you think you've seen the laws broken, something else was going on and we could figure it out. David Hume had a really elegant way of arguing this thing out in a book called Against Miracles. But the, the short of it is nat- nature doesn't break natural laws. So miracles are impossible. Okay. So as a believer, we obviously don't think that way. Hmm. So how do we defend our faith uh, to folks who have those views? Like how do we explain to people that we love why we do accept the fact that miracles uh, would happen even though we recognize that natural law you know, sure. it's called natural law for a reason, right? It's because yeah. this is what normally happens. So I'll give you an example. Uh, coaching Sam's little upward basketball team, helping out over at Pell Harvey. Love those guys and love their program. Um, when those guys shoot the basketball, right? If Sam steps up, if Cooper, one of those guys steps up, shoots the basketball, right? And they make a basket. The law of gravity says that basketball is going to go through the hoop and hit the ground right below it. It's going down. Gravity. That's it. The ball through the hoop goes down. 9.8 meters per second squared. Boom. That's how it works. That's the natural law. That said, many times it didn't yesterday. Why? Because Strobe would put his hands under the goal, catch the basketball, and throw it back to one of those kids. Now, I did not break the law of gravity. I certainly cannot do that. Neither can you or anyone else here. I didn't break it, but I did intervene in the system. And because I intervened in the system, um, gravity did not take the ball all the way to the ground like it normally would. So we're asking a question here, and the question is, is there someone or something outside of the natural system, outside of nature, who can occasionally intervene in nature and postpone or hit pause on, shift the natural laws? Is there someone outside the system? I recognize that inside the system, nature always follows natural laws. The question is, is there something outside the natural that can intervene on the natural system. Okay, so I realize that this is, you know, uh, I mean, you're 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 putting one on a T. This is an easy one for us to answer. But obviously, as Christians, we believe in a Creator God who is outside the system, yeah. right? We believe in a Creator God who made heaven and earth and everything that's in them. Mm-hmm. And it makes perfectly logical sense to me that if anyone believes in God, like if if anybody holds a belief in God, yeah. Absolutely, that God should be able to intervene in the systems he created so that the surface tension of water would not hold up a human foot. But if God wanted it to, then you could walk mm-hmm. on that water. If he intervened yeah. in the system he created. So that's what you're essentially saying, right? I'm saying, yeah, that there's a God outside the system, right? My personal understanding, there's a God outside the system who occasionally occasionally will intervene and um, and hit pause on the natural order of things that he created. I believe he yeah. created the natural laws, put them in motion, and it's and it's him and his character that hold them in place. And occasionally, if he wants to, he can hit pause on those. Right. And so so we should not be surprised then when we see something breaks breaks natural. I say that, I mean, we as Christians recognize the stability of natural law. We mm-hmm. understand that the world works as, like we're not jumping up every day going, it's a miracle, it's a miracle, right? right? We, we're not throwing that around either. But we totally believe that God does still work miracles and that at certain points in history, like 
the, the life of Jesus Christ, the development of the early church, the exodus from Israel when God was establishing a covenant with his people, uh, certain moments in Israel's history, you know, at the hands of Elijah and Elisha when God was winning the heart of his people back. And th there are these biblical moments, these seasons, where miracles were happening frequently with great power for a great purpose. You know, God was showing us himself. He's showing us his character, showing us his covenant, showing us the kingdom of heaven, showing us what it will look like when Jesus rules in a new heaven and a new earth and there is no more death, no more dying, no more natural disaster when the earth is calm and at peace um, and our bodies you know, aren't suffering from mortality. Yeah. So, I mean, the 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 intervention of God in these miraculous ways you know, pointing towards Jesus and his rule on the earth, like to me, they're really sensible when you think about it this way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and this is not something normal. It's important that when we're talking to our friends who are naturalists or who only believe in the natural world and the right. natural law and the natural order of things, that we agree with them and we say, yeah, 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 miracles are, are absurd. They're crazy. They're hard to believe. We are skeptical too. We don't just run up and go, oh, miracle. We look for natural explanations first. We assume that the world God created, from our yeah. perspective, is going to continue to work the way that it always has worked, the way he made it to work. And that's a testimony to God for I, me. Yeah, absolutely. But Who our knows? point is to, to agree with that. And when they go, I have a hard time believing miracles, I'm quick to affirm them and go, I do too. I don't just jump in on a miracle and go, of course it's a miracle. I would say, nah, yeah. It's going to take some good reasons, some good evidence, uh, to, to help us understand. It's true. This may be oversimplification, but I'll wrap up this podcast, or at least my part of this one, uh, with this idea. I may be oversimplifying the issue here, but it seems to me that like this sort of comes down to the simple question of whether or not you believe in, in God. Like If you mm -hmm. believe in a God who created heavens and earth and can intervene, then miracles should be acceptable to you. Like That should make logical sense for you. Mm -hmm. um, but if you don't believe in God at all, like if you believe that everything that we know got here some other way, you know, mm -hmm. by some natural cause without without a divine creator, uh, then I could see how you would hold to the belief that nothing can happen to intervene and break the laws of nature. That'd actually be a really logical belief if you held that. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like for me, we're coming to this question um, and it's already been answered in our mind based on whether we believe in a, a creator God or not. And I know mm -hmm. that uh, maybe a step here, but I'm thinking about just the distinction between two terms that are important to me, naturalism and supernaturalism. You know, mm -hmm. In other words, naturalism is uh, a word that would describe the belief that the only thing that exists are things in the natural world that we can see or taste or touch or smell or measure and gauge with our senses, things that we can subject to scientific experimentation, things that we can put under a microscope or some kind of a mass spectrometer or something that we can measure, right? That's naturalism. Somebody who only, you can, and if you're a naturalist, a purely, an, only a naturalist, then you can only accept explanations that come from the natural world. Yeah, and so a, a, ten, a 10 second response to that, you know, because I think that is important. A naturalist is going to say, hey, look, I don't believe there's a God outside the system, so the natural laws can't be broken. That's that. And my response to that is to say, that's okay if that's what you believe, but here's the trouble. You're arguing that only what's natural exists. Only the material world exists. And I would say, that's not a scientific argument. That's a philosophical argument. What I mean is, you can't prove that with science. Right There's no experiment that you can run. That What you're saying, what you're speaking, is outside of the scientific realm. So if you say, I'm a scientist, I only believe that I can, I can, I can prove what science proves, and that's all, 
Your problem is that science doesn't prove that. That's not even science. And we'll talk about that. Let's talk about that in a little bit greater length in other podcasts. Yeah. And I'll just sort of you know throw this out there for believers, for Christian people. That like In general, we tell, I love science. Like We believe in the natural world. We believe in the things we t- touch, taste, smell, and see. We believe in the things we measure and experiment with. That's huge. I believe that God created those things. I mm-hmm. love exploring them. But... We also believe in a supernatural world. We believe in a God that's not subject to all those laws. Yeah. That's not naturalism. That's supernaturalism. And that seems to be a big difference. So a lot of people that would walk in and say, I don't believe in miracles, they have what's called an, an a priori of belief. Like before this question is a first priority belief that they've just decided offhand that they're not going to believe in things they, they can't touch, taste, or see. And I'm just saying that for most of us, uh, especially for all for believers and for a lot of the world out there who would say they don't accept miracles, we really we really do believe in a supernatural world, mm-hmm. and we do believe in a divine God. So that seems to to change the game. Yeah. Hey, listen, this is a long podcast, but thanks you guys for hanging with us. I'm really really glad to get this content and these ideas out to our to our church, to our college students, to our high school students, to our parents, to our families. I just think this is super interesting. So thank you all for bringing your expertise and the depth of your reading um, to share with these episodes. I appreciate it.